Cooper Cup is absent from Rams OTAs, and that's a good thing. We've got a big Rams OTAs update coming up on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley? Welcome to another edition of Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single day. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We're also available over on YouTube, so check us out on YouTube. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and most importantly, drop some comments down below. We want to hear all your Rams takes. We could use it for a future episode. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade, Dodgers, Lakers, now I'm covering the Rams for Locked On. And that man to your right is Mr. Travis Rogers, the host of your Los Angeles Rams pre-half and post-game show for the Rams flagship radio network, ESPN 710 LA. He's entering his eighth season covering the team. Travis, you ready to roll? Let's do it. I saw football players on the field doing football things. Let's do it. It's OTAs, man. It's OTAs. It's what we got right now. We got some nice nuggets to get into. A lot to cover on this episode. But we're going to start with Aaron Donald and Cooper Cub. They are absent from OTAs. We're going to tell you why it is a good thing. And Sean McVay, he spoke to the media yesterday. And, yeah, he was a little funny about it. He was like, no AD and Cup. Can you believe it? So he was (laughs) a little reactionary to it. And he said, look, they had some family stuff they're taking care of. They've been consistent. they knew known about it for a long time. And they're still engaged with what what's going on but he also said that it could be a good thing because we're talking about these younger guys and some of these activities some of these opportunities and they could establish a rapport with Matthew Stafford he was quoted saying we're talking about whether it's Van Jefferson whether it's Tutu Puka Nakua Ben Skoranek guys are getting opportunities with some of the new tight ends that we have to just get a feel for Matthew and to be able to establish and develop a rapport that we didn't get a chance to do last year. And those are always chances to be able to improve. So Travis, do you like this reality of not having cup at OTA? So Stafford can get some rapport and chemistry with some of these other guys. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a great point. And, and literally, literally, if you took all 90 some odd guys that the Rams have on their roster at this point in the season, and you said, pick two guys off of the roster that could not be there. And I don't care at all. It would be Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup. Those would be the two guys that you'd say, neither one of them are ever out of shape. Neither one of them don't know whatever, don't know what's going on. They are both pros, pros. They both are longtime veterans in their respective systems of what they're going to do. And those two dudes will show up and be ready to go. Never forget, Aaron Donald missed an entire training camp one year and showed up and just went out and was the best player in the league the second he stepped on the field without a second of, of, of training camp preparation. Cooper Cup is one of those guys. I, I believe that he could show up on the first Sunday of the season against Seattle without taking a snap in the preseason and kill you. I really think that he's one of those guys as well. But you're right. What it does is because Cooper Cup's not there, it makes Matthew Stafford engage and make might be a little bit too strong of a word, but it gives those other guys opportunities to get to know each other. We know like I'll I'll go back to what it was when, uh, Matthew Stafford first came over and he and Cooper Cup would have their infamous breakfast, right? And they'd talk about it and they'd go throw some more. And 
the relationship between those two guys just got accelerated to the point where it looked like they've been playing together forever. I think you got a similar opportunity with the newer guys and, and just guys like Van Jefferson who might have been there, but just don't get those sort of reps with the number one guy in Matthew Stafford. Yeah, no, I think when you look at these two, Matt, like you mentioned, Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, you don't make that no-look throw in the Super Bowl without, as Matthew know, Stafford said, hours guys, and hours, right? I mean, that chemistry. Honestly, did I, I think I did like four different Locked on Rams podcasts about that one play in the Super Bowl. It's still, I will still watch it occasionally. Go back on YouTube and find it. It doesn't make any sense that that was the, the throw, the catch, the route, everything about it. And that's one thing you're goofing around when you're up by five touchdowns in a game against the Arizona Cardinals or whatever in a, in a game winning Super Bowl drive to no look. And it wasn't a little screen, but it was, it's still one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Yeah. I know one thing I want to also get your thoughts on too, is yeah, you saw those big plays. You saw just throughout the entire postseason, throughout the entire year, it was clear early on that they had put in the work in yes. OTs in training camp. And that is really where the magic happens. As far as you're not going to have a play like that, unless you put the work in and you get that sweat equity at this part of the year. But one thing I really want to get your thoughts on Travis is this whole narrative that Matthew Stafford, that he completely locks on to Cooper cup, that he's a crutch. Look, this is the, this podcast called lock on Rams. If Stafford had a podcast, it might be called Locked on Cup. That's what some Rams, Rams that fans done. think. That's what some football fans think. But, I mean, what's your thoughts on that whole narrative? Because the way I look at it is, look, he's had generational receivers. He had Calvin Johnson. He's had Cooper Cup. What are your thoughts on just that whole narrative? I think there's something to it. I don't know if it's a crutch necessarily, but I think it's like anything else. When I gotta have it, I'm gonna go to the guy that I trust the most, right? That I, I'm, I'm not a uh, I, I, it's not social work back there, right? It's not making sure that everybody gets their fair share. It's I got to get a first down, man. It's I have to make sure that this ball gets caught. I have to make sure that that guy is going to run the right route. And I trust him. It, this is what it all comes down to is trust. This is why Allen Robinson didn't work all that well. This is why Robert Woods did work really well. They trusted each other. They understood where they were going to be. So, yeah, I think that there's some – accuracy to the the observation but i don't think that it's worthy of criticism i think it's just look if, if i gotta have it it's like anything else if you're playing one-on-one basketball i got one move if there's one dinner i have to make and there's only one thing i know that how to make correctly that's that's what i'm gonna make and that means cooper cup gets the ball in important situations yeah, no, exactly. Look, you're not going to fly Spirit Airlines if you can fly first class or in a private jet, okay? If you have that option available to you, you're going to go to it. But I do think that this is definitely something that is going to help them in the season. If this offense is really going to turn things around, if they are really going to light up scoreboards throughout the season, they are going to need to find yes. contributions because there is no Robert Woods. There is no OBAJ. You don't have those guys, but I think Van Jefferson is a big year for him. I like the fact that Puka Nakua, he's been mentioned quite a bit yes. for a rookie that was picked in the later rounds. But if you look at last year, I mean, look, the numbers, they bear it out. I mean, Stafford, when he targeted Cup, he had a 106.6 pass rating, a 77.4% completion rating. When it was a Rams receiver not named Cooper Cup, that passer rating went from 106.6 to 77.2. Completion rate dropped to 66.5%. So, yeah, I mean, it does feel like there is something to that. The only question is, can these other receivers really step up, right? They've got to, like you said, 
Cooper Cup will get what he wants, and Cooper Cup will get what the Rams need him to get. He's going to be a great fantasy pick. He's going to be a great football player. But if the Rams want to win a bunch of games, you're going to have to get productions from guys that are not number 10. You're going to have to get guys involved in the offense that are number because the reason you can go to Cooper Cup on third down when the Rams were cooking is because Robert Woods was really good. It's because OBJ was really good because their Tyler Higby was getting open. They were throwing the ball out of the backfield that he gets what he gets because those other guys are at least getting something. Last year we saw when it was just him. Yeah, he'd get his numbers, but the Rams weren't winning games. Yeah, no, exactly. And then kind of a little bit more from Matthew Stafford yesterday. Of course, he spoke to reporters. A couple things that stood out to me where when he was talking about, first of all, this guy's adding more sleeves. I mean, now he's doing a leg sleeve. He's pretty much looking like Allen Iverson out there at this point. <laughs> kind of get your thoughts on that. But also, he also said, I'm going to add more sleeves for every year. He's talking about years. I think it did feel like, hey, he feels comfortable with the Rams. It does look like he's thinking big picture. I think he's embracing the role he has. Also, he looks good. He looks slim and trim. But what are your thoughts on just how Matthew Stafford's looked at OTAs, just kind of kind of what he said towards the media? I was listening to JB Long, the voice of the Rams, talk about it on on another podcast. And, and he was saying that just the, the ball coming out of his hand looks like a guy that's feeling his absolute best. And JB's got a great eye for that. So I will certainly take his recommendation there. Um, here, my, my, my only concern, and, and maybe concern is too strong of a word, it's May. Right. The, the, everybody feels pretty good in May. Everybody feels good in, in June, July and August. It's what do you feel like at the first of October when you've played four or five NFL games and you've gotten hit a few times and you're 36 years old and maybe that offensive line isn't quite what you would like it to be. I, I'm glad he feels good in May, but it's May. Yeah, that's fact. That's a great point. Everyone looks good in May, but it does feel like, I mean, the fact that he's throwing, the fact that he feels better, the fact that he told reporters that he just wants to lead the way, he's trying to do everything to help them succeed. So I definitely feel like one of the big words that you see McVay use, you see Stafford use, is energy anytime mm -hmm. these rookies are brought up. And you're talking about a roster that is going to be comprised of almost 50% rookies. So the fact that he's embracing that, the fact that he's working with guys like Nakua and Tutu and Van, I think he wants to see them succeed but yeah also too we talk about the locked on also Higby is another guy that of course was a security blanket for him as well but yeah next coming up on locked on Rams we're gonna talk about the back of quarterback position Stetson Bennett he spoke to reporters we've got some more nuggets from Sean McVay that's coming up next on locked on Rams let's talk about our friends at FanDuel first DMAC and you me and everyone else need to make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs the Celtics stayed alive last night so you still got lots of time to get in on the nba because right now new customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win here's the great thing about Fanduel. there's a lot of great things about Fanduel, but one of the things that i enjoy the most is the fact that there are great promotions not just here and there but every single day you're going to find something else that's going to pique your interest and get you excited of course is safe and secure just put that app on your phone and you are off on running. And at FanDuel, you get paid instantly. Instantly means instantly at FanDuel. So there's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner 
of the NBA. And we're off and running here on Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single day. Free and available wherever you get your podcast. And a special shout out to our everydayers for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single day. Now, Trav, we have to talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Stetson Bennett. We talked about it. He <laughs> comes from the SEC where it just means more. I love the fact that they brought in a better quarterback that can be a great mentor for Matthew Stafford. I think he's older than him. But yeah, I mean, he hasn't taken a play in the 11-11 install. He just got the playbook. But yeah, I mean, it feels like this guy definitely has the juice, the charisma to be more than just your normal, typical backup quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I, I, you know, he reminds me of a little bit. And obviously he was only here a very short period of time, but certainly seeing him at Oklahoma and seeing him at Cleveland when things were going well. And then his brief time here in Los Angeles and seeing him on commercials and television shows. He reminds me of Baker Mayfield. Uh, of somebody that just kind of, this is who I am. This is what I do. And I know I'm pretty good at this and you know, I'm pretty good at this and we'll see whether or not it translates to the NFL, but I'm not going to apologize for the fact that I'm supremely confident. I'm not going to apologize for the fact that I got a little, you know, swagger or as Kramer and Seinfeld said, he's got the Kavorka and he's, just, he's, he's, he's got that thing. He just, he just feels good. And I, I, I feel good. You feel good. And if you like it, great. If you don't, that eh, doesn't really bother me all that much. Like you said, Playing in the NFL against other NFL players is different than playing on a Georgia team that was all NFL players against college players. That's a very different dynamic that there is not going to be uh, uh, the, the opponents that he saw in, in, at Georgia in the NFL. Georgia, he was surrounded by NFL talent. That doesn't mean he won't do well. I like the idea of him having a mentor at Stafford who's a little bit more buttoned up, shall we say. But uh, I'm optimistic to see what it looks like because the Rams need an upgrade at that position. Yeah, they need to upgrade in that position. And we'll see if Sean McVay can convert him like George was trying to convert in that episode there on <laughs> Seinfeld. But yeah, I think when I look at when I look at Stetson Bennett, first of all, rocking number 13, yeah. which I found pretty interesting there, pretty bold move. I mean, I love the fact that there's a picture of Stetson Bennett in a number 13 Rams jersey, but not a graduation picture. I mean, he's like the Van Wilder of college. But hey, look, I think it's funny. Everyone out there saying, oh, Stetson Bennett didn't graduate. Man, he left college with no debt, instantly became a multimillionaire and spent half a decade in college. That sounds like a dream scenario to me. With a good job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's winning, man. Yeah. But, no, he's going to yeah. have it figured out. Look, he, the, the adjustment is going to be where, and keep in mind, I don't, I don't know if, what is he, 24, 25 years old? He is not a kid. He's a birth certificate. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a man coming into this league. He just doesn't have NFL experience. Um, Look, hopefully, in a, in a perfect world, we see him play a ton in the preseason and then we don't see him again. Right. That Matthew Stafford takes every step, the snap that the Rams win a bunch of games that maybe he takes a knee a few times in victory formation. But um, I'm excited to see him. The the 13 is a bold choice, considering that, uh, you know, some dude named Kurt Warner wore number 13. Uh, that's a, a, an interesting choice there. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. Look, if, if we get into a what's the backup quarterback situation, what does it actually look like? That's never good news. We saw what that meant last year where they went through four different quarterbacks last year. We saw the 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 season that they had. But as far as just swag goes, Stetson Bennett probably leads the team. 
Yeah, no, definitely. There's no question about that. I think, though, when you look at my big takeaway as far as the big picture for that position, yesterday, Sean McVay, he told reporters when asked about Stetson Bennett, he quickly brought up Brett Ripien. He said Brett Ripien has done an excellent job. He's been in a similar system. He has a great demeanor. And also, if you look at some of the quotes from Stetson Bennett, he was talking about mastering the basics and the fact that he has not even at the level where he's looking at plays, formations, protections, and he's really not at the level where he can get cerebral. But mm-hmm. he also, I like the fact that he mentioned that he knows what it's like to know something. And he's, so now he knows what it's like to not know something right now. He doesn't know anything right now, as far as how complex this playbook is. So I think my big takeaway is I think they're going to kind of slow play him a little bit. I think they do want a veteran in that role. I think the fact that he has never Travis, he's never had a play come through the earpiece in his helmet. So mm. I think uh, there's some uh, so much uh, a little bit more of a learning curve than a lot of us expected as far as him getting into that role as a backup quarterback from day one. Look, the Rams obviously see something there. The Rams have a, a vision for him. They moved up to get him. He probably got drafted a little bit higher than I think a lot of people might have expected him to get picked. Um, the Rams have done well with quarterbacks. Look, Jared Goff, I know, was 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 a polarizing figure while he was here, and he was frustrating. I got frustrated with him as much as anybody else. He took the team to the Super Bowl. He's been a really good NFL quarterback since he came into the league. Is he Joe Montana? No. Is he good? Yeah. They identified Matthew Stafford as, hey, no, that guy right there is the guy that we need to kind of take us to the next level. And he did. They didn't. It didn't turn out to be a Russell Wilson situation where they thought it was going to just a, a disaster. They ID'd this guy. The John Wolford was a guy that was working on Wall Street that has now become an NFL player to a point. We've seen them make some very good decisions at that uh, position. And, and I, I think that Stetson Bennett could be their next good decision. Yeah, exactly. I think just getting that playbook down, getting everything down, learning from Matthew Stafford. I like the fact that he pointed out that Matthew Stafford dumbs everything down for him, keeps things very simple. Two Georgia boys, he said he hasn't fanboyed out yet, but <laughs> he said he was going to Georgia games when he was four and five years old. Just, yeah, before we head to the third segment, I mean, it's kind of wild, right? Georgia QBs, right? Yeah, I mean, Stetson Bennett was four years old in 1977. <laughs> it just it feels. I don't know if I buy that, but sure, Stetson, whatever you say. Yeah, I know. I, I was listening very carefully when he was mentioning some of the quarterbacks that he watched. He talked about Stafford and DJ Shockley. I mean, I was like, I was expecting to say, yeah, it was that Herschel Walker's game there when he was at Georgia. But okay, we'll not mess with these Stetson Bennett's. But yeah, I will say my big overarching takeaways. It's going to take some time. Let's let him learn the playbook. Yeah. Let him get through some installs and let him just kind of master the little things before we can really give this guy the role as the backup quarterback. He, but he definitely has the juice. I will say yeah. it's tough to identify, but I, de- I think he definitely has it. You know it when you see it. You can't fake it, and I don't think he's faking it, and I think he has it. I just think that the backup quarterback is one of these. I, I love talking about these guys. I think it's very important if you need to play those guys for a week or two. If you need them to perform, you're cooked. The second you need those guys to get you to the finish, there are not too many Jeff Hostetlers out there and guys that are just going to step in, a Tom Brady who just step in and say, oh, okay, this is my job from here on out. It typically doesn't. You need to get through two weeks before Matthew Stafford comes back. Great. Let's get him up to speed. You got to play him every week for half a season. Look out. Yeah, absolutely. If you can get a guy to just be consistent, the guy can give you a chance. Also, too, a guy on a rookie quarterback, rookie yep. contracts, you don't have to worry about that. So definitely he can provide value from that standpoint. But coming up in our final segment here on Locked On Rams, we're going to take a look at the offensive line, some quotes about some injured offensive linemen that could have an impact in 2023. That's coming up on Locked On Rams. 
Favorite Bay Locked On Rams, your first listen every single day, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Special shout out to our everydayers for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single day. Now, Travis, in our final segment, Sean McVay was asked about Logan Brutz. He was asked about Joe Noteboom. On Joe Noteboom, he said he's making good progress. We always knew that he would take part in individuals and do some stuff with Reggie and those guys off to the side. Mm-hmm. And hopefully he'll be ready to roll for training camp. But the guy I want to focus on is Logan Brutz because it was definitely not the start you wanted to see for Logan Brutz. He ends up sustaining that torn ACL and MCL against the Texans in preseason. And yes, he was not having the best go of it as a rookie. Yes, he was getting bulldozed at times but look he was the 104th pick by the Rams they definitely picked him to contribute and the update on him is McVeigh said he's done a really good job physically of getting himself ready to go early on in camp he's never gotten his feet wet physically he looks good a little sore as expected he keeps taking steps I like where he's at so what are your thoughts on Logan Bruss can the Rams expect him in year two kind of redshirted that year one with the injury can they expect him in year two to come in and have an impact you think he needs to, right? I mean, he, he he needs to. That this is like you said, Dmac. They drafted him in a position not to come in and hey, let's see what we got. It's a they drafted him to come in and maybe start as a rookie. And, and I'm glad you mentioned what you did because yes, he did get hurt and yes, he wasn't available for the entire season. But in the limited time we saw him, yeah, 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 like he he was really having a, a tough time. Now that doesn't mean that he can't play. It just means that he didn't play well when he did last year. Um, I think he'll be better in the second year. I think just watching it for a year will help. I think being in an NFL locker room for a year, training with NFL players for a year will help. But he he's kind of essential to what it is. Like we, we can talk about the quarterbacks and the wide receivers and the pass rush and all this stuff, but those five guys up front are going to determine whether or not the Rams are going to be in this or not. Because if it goes the way that we want it to go, Brian Allen, we've seen, played a high level. He's fine at center. You go and you get uh, Steve Avila, um, uh, at one guard spot, it feels like he's going to be able to start as a rookie and, you know, cross your fingers and see how that goes. But at least it's a high draft pick who you expect things from. You've got your two tackles that have been around a long time. You got Havenstein on one side. You got Joe Nopum, who maybe did not play all that well last year, but we've seen him play well in a Rams uniform. So it's not a, a huge leap to think that he'll be an effective left tackle along the way. Bruss is the swing guy. If he's good, then the Rams O line, at least is the foundation of it, could be pretty productive. If he's not, if he's not ready to go, or if he's not up to snuff and, and just doesn't have what they hope that he has, now all of a sudden you're you're shuffling. Now all of a sudden your depth is affected. Now all of a sudden that you're moving one guy from one side of the line to another. You're moving one guy from outside to inside or vice versa. There's uh, so many things that will hinge on whether or not you can play him every snap. And I know that they took him, like you said, out of Wisconsin. That's a great program to come out of as an offensive lineman. Um, I'm optimistic, but the little glimpses we saw of him as a rookie – weren't great, but again, it was a rookie. It was preseason, and it's really hard to make a judgment off of just that. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think you can't rush to judgment. You can't sell your stock. You can't just cut a guy loose, especially when they play that position at this level. You have to give guys some time, and still, we yeah. don't know if the light would have turned on in sure. week four, week five, or week six. Sometimes that happens in this league. It really is the natural progression of things, and I think, too, if you look back, you could say, yeah, 
he probably might have not have won the backup role. I mean, they were starting Coleman Shelton at right guard. He probably wouldn't have been the backup, but still you're looking at a guy. I love that you bring out Wisconsin. They have that pedigree. We know they, it's a lineman factory there. So you kind of have to trust that. But if you look at the offensive line picture, I mean, you got no boom. Hopefully he'll be ready to go at left tackle. Steve Avila left guard, Brian Allen at center, Logan Bruss. Hopefully if he's the starting right guard, that tells you how training camp went. That tells you how preseason went. And that definitely will go a long way to fortifying this offensive line. And Rob Havenstein, I think really was one of the big breakout players. I mean, a guy that could contribute as well. Yeah. He was the only guy last year that you just, you know, and he had, he had some games that weren't great along the way, but he's an NFL player. He, he was a, a starting tackle on a Super Bowl championship team. He, I remember speaking with him at training camp last year and just his presence of, you know, he, he was trying to fill that Andrew Whitworth role, right? That Andrew Whitworth had been around the league a million years and played at an incredibly high level, had the respect of everybody, not just in his own locker room, but across the league, Walter Payton, man of the year, all this stuff. And Rob Havenstein tried to assume that leadership role, and that's very difficult to do. But he has been around a long time. He is a very good player. And I still think that that's his position, and not necessarily right tackle. That's obviously his position. But to be that elder statesman in that locker room and kind of set the tone for the O-line collectively – that falls on Havenstein's absolutely enormous shoulders. Never seen a human being like that in my life. Just a massive, massive mountain of a dude. Yeah, I know he's a big dude, and I definitely is going to get an opportunity. Look at some of those backup guys, A.J. Curry, McClendon, Tremaine Ankrum, A.J. Jackson, Coleman mm-hmm. Shelton. McVeigh said that A.J. and Tremaine, they've done good so far. He said A.J. had a stomach flu in the first day, but he's done a good job overall. Overall, they look sharper. So, yeah, overall, I mean, they, this offensive line yeah, got young guys, two on the offensive line. Yeah, well, look, the good news is is if there's a silver lining to what happened last year, you got a lot of guys some reps that they might not have gotten otherwise. And you and, and you got to evaluate some guys in game action that you might not have gotten to evaluate otherwise. It didn't look great, but like you said, you know, you don't make a judgment after a game or two and maybe not even after a season. Uh, some players, like you mentioned, like Akuri, like Tremaine Ingram, got a ton of time um, in, in a roles that maybe they weren't expecting. So I think maybe they'll be a little further along this season. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, this is a situation where that's the benefit of that. If you're going to have a bad season, as long as you get guys experience is definitely something that yeah. could be positive. Also do want to point out very impressed with Steve Avila. I think yeah. the way he carried himself, the way he spoke to the media. I love, he says it's surreal. You're playing with grown men. Now as for college, you're playing with people. They're almost four years older than you. But with that, it also comes a lot of wisdom with a lot of older guys. So yeah, what's your take on that? Just that jump just from OTAs alone, going from college to the pro level. I mean, just talk to about how big of a jump that really is for these guys. I'll tell a quick story that my friend Keyshawn Johnson has told me on, on a, a few occasions. And that is that when he showed up in the NFL for the first time and they're having their practice and he looked in the parking lot and half the cars had car seats in the back and they were paying for private school tuition. It really hits really close. I'm like, Oh, right. These are, these are men who go to work every day. This is not something that we're just doing for fun because we're good at it. That these, these guys have responsibilities that they need to take care of and that's kind of what brought it home for him with car seats and uh private school tuition so uh, i'm sure avila saw a car seat or two yesterday at rams camp yeah man just throw keish on the damn ball right so <laughs> yeah i know for sure definitely it's a big lead for these guys and i think that's a great point a great time period for these guys to really adjust and then when they can hit training camp they can put this all behind him and just really focus on football but yeah steve avila this offensive line hopefully they can just 
find that uh, monkey's paw in the locker room and just throw it away or just get away with it because it's really about staying healthy and avoiding those injuries. That's kind of the biggest key. But yeah, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Rams. When we touched on a lot of the nuggets from OTAs, we're going to give you more and monkey paws. <laughs> yeah, the monkey. <laughs> yeah, we're going to try to get them away. But uh, that's going to do uh, it. So yeah, let us know down below in the comment section. What are your thoughts on Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald not being a part of OTAs? Of course, Cup, he could return. Sean McVay said they're going to take it one day at a time. Then you got the offensive line picture. You got Stetson Bennett. We want all your thoughts down below. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And that man to your right is the man, Mr. Travis Rogers. Go follow him on Twitter at Travis Rogers. And until next time, whose house is locked on Rams house.